needs to be comfortable for everybody and just saying oh well it was just banter or I didn't mean it is not no longer is 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 a defense to to um to an inappropriate joke or a comment hello and welcome to the helping organizations thrive podcast this is your host julian roberts This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver, and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates, and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive, uh, and welcome to a new series entitled HR Challenges Faced by SMEs. Uh, We'll be talking to HR professionals that will provide you with insights and pragmatic solutions to help you. And and today I have uh, the pleasure of Linda Taylor on the show. Uh, Welcome, Linda. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, good to see you. And um, you're the managing director of your own business, the Employee Relations Consultancy, that was established in 1999. So you've been doing this some while. Um, you provide a whole range of HR support, training, uh, and help uh, for SMEs. Uh, and you are a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. So lots of experience, lots of expertise, uh, and it's great to have you on the show. And we will be in a moment exploring how to deal with discrimination in, in the workplace. Uh, almost, I don't know how we're going to cover that in the sort of next half an hour or so, but uh, we will cover that and give some helps to companies. Uh, but before we go there, I want to ask you, Linda, what do you love about what uh, you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I love, um, I've obviously been in HR, as you've said, for a long time. I absolutely love if you like getting into sort of what makes people tick why people do things their motivations just sort of people in general um so I I've always very much enjoyed being involved in all of that and then the other thing now is what I I really love is being able to help clients so they come to me with perhaps a really tricky issue maybe someone's made a complaint of discrimination or something like that and um they're just panicking you know they don't know where to go with this sort of what do they do and and being able to work with them and you know go through the processes properly and fairly but but help them see that there's a way through this and a way out the other side um so that that's something that I very much enjoy um the other thing is I do quite a lot now of um investigations into complaints of of harassment and discrimination and bullying at work and they can be quite overwhelming, but they're fascinating. You know, you get all the evidence and then finding your way through that to exactly what's been going on. Um, I, I really enjoy the sort of challenge of that. Well, thank you for coming on today. And I hope you're going to help some organisations today and listeners who are tuning in right now. And we're talking about discrimination. And in some ways, discrimination is a, a massive topic. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and. I want to get from your understanding, what, what does discrimination cover? Just so, so we can sort of set the context of where we're at so people can start thinking, okay, that's what it means. Because uh, I think it means probably many things to many people. But from your perspective, from a HR perspective, what does discrimination mean? 
Yeah, so discrimination is really, I mean, we've obviously got the law and, and, and everything, but but in in easy to understand terms, it's, it's treating someone differently because of something about them. So treating someone differently because they're a woman, treating someone differently because they have a disability, treating someone differently because they're transgender. So it, it's really treating that particular person in the workplace differently to how you might treat other people because of that what's called in law a protected characteristic and it extends often people think well you know we've got half our workforce is women so that's absolutely fine so you know obviously we're not discriminating but of course it's not just about recruitment it might be that certain jokes or banter um, are told which are offensive to women or people of color or people with a disability or people of a different sexual orientation and so it's it's more around does does everybody feel comfortable at work and and if they don't is that because of a discriminatory issue and is that because of banter or behavior or other treatment that might be related to 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 how somebody looks how they appear something about them that they can't change it's interesting because you talked about some some of the obvious stuff there you know the gender race and disability and, and people are, are obviously quite it's quite obvious and quite clear how they not non-discriminate against those sort of aspects whether it's in recruitment whether it's in allowing access to the to the services building all that sort of stuff but you talked about banter and banters for me that's an interesting one because it feels like a it feels like could it be a, is it a gray area and is it as clear as as that because banter is banter and in some ways in a healthy team, that's okay, isn't it? But when it becomes so, just don't want to explore that banter because I think that's an interesting one. But people perhaps think, oh, from we banter, that's, that's okay, isn't it? To be a bit, a bit jokes around. Yeah, absolutely, and it and it is where a lot of a lot of the cases that I deal with now are around banter. So it's something that that is mm. is um, you know sort of is quite common, I think. And you're right, banter. Banter has a role. It helps us feel part of a team. It helps us bond with other people in the team. Um, so it's definitely got a role. I think the way the way I describe it when I'm running training with people is that, say, 20 years ago, you could tell a joke in the pub on a Saturday night that might be a bit risque or perhaps a bit inappropriate. And you could then tell that same joke on Monday morning at work and it would be fine. And I think that's, to me, where the biggest change has come. And now you you may wish to tell that same joke on a Monday morning, but there might be consequences. And now it would be very common for somebody in the organisation to say, actually, I find that quite offensive or I don't like jokes like that. And again, perhaps the biggest change has been that in the past, you might that person might be told, well, that's just how we are here. You've just got to get on with it. You know, you just need to get a sense of humour. Um, and today where we are today because all of this area is so high profile then that isn't something that we should be doing and and if if someone does object then we as an organization we should be saying okay that's right you know let's think about that yeah we didn't realize sorry you know we'll make sure those jokes don't get told again sort of thing um so people i think what one of the difference one of the difficulties is that um People think, well, it's a joke I find funny. You're now, you know, why are you now sort of telling me I can't tell that joke? That's a, sometimes people say, 
that's a breach of my human rights. You know, I've got the right to. And yes, we may find it funny, but everyone has different tolerances and there might be very personal reasons why somebody else may not find that funny and may not want to be around those sort of jokes. And the difference is when we're at work and obviously, you know, it still applies even if we're working from home. Some Most people will be doing some sort of hybrid working. So we'll be together in an office. We can't go out of that office. We can't, you know, if there's something on the TV that you think, actually, I really don't like that. I didn't realise that programme was going to be like that. We turn it off. If you're at work, you can't do that. You are stuck mm. there. And so that environment needs to be comfortable for everybody. And just saying, oh, well, it was just banter or I didn't mean it is not no longer is 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 a defence to to um, to an inappropriate joke or a comment. So how do we get in a workplace, an environment where there's, well, I call it healthy banter. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That's my definition may be very different to yours, Linda's, I'm sure, um, which is where we end up with this sort of subjectivity. Um, how do we get objectivity about this that makes it helpful for people to interact in a way that's healthy, good for relationships, open, transparent, people feel valued, and uh, people can't all that how do we do that with banter? Feel, this feels a really sort of a tricky area. And as I say, you're getting most of your complaints coming through that route from banter. Um, that feels to me, I think we need to help people with this one. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a general rule, which is, you know, are both people happy with the exchange? If it's two people, let's say, um, are they both equally happy? Are they both participating would be my first thing. So, so is it a case of, genuinely both people are enjoying this banter so that's one point strictly speaking and and what I say again to organizations if I'm training is is any banter which is related to anything in the Equality Act so those are all the things like sex race disability the ones we've some of the ones we've mentioned really I would say where we are in today in 2022 any banter or jokes around anything like that I would be saying are off limits now um, because there is too much of a risk of them upsetting somebody. Mm. Um, so, it, it, yeah, so, and then often people will say, but that's what our jokes are about. Our jokes are all about, you know, sort of the fact that somebody comes from Scotland or the fact that somebody's got red hair or the fact, you know, that that's what we're joking about. And, and I absolutely understand that. Yeah, that is where a lot of our humour is based. But in terms of um, the workplace, I think you just have to take a really tough line now and say, mm. we, we want banter, we want jokes, we want people to get on, we don't want to have a very formal atmosphere. But mm. we do need to really think about any jokes or comments around these areas. Okay. And just, just broadening out a little bit on the whole sort of discrimination aspects uh, in the workplace, uh, and before we get to those issues where we have to call in experts like you and to help navigate the complaints and the difficulties, how do we pro- um, I suppose, how do we create a culture in our organisations that don't discriminate? Um, and almost almost the preventative rather than the cure, as it were. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, there's a few things. I mean, there's one thing I would say around sort of small and medium businesses, just as a general point, which is, again, 20 years ago, I would say it was probably quite unusual for a small business to have a complaint made against them or for somebody to take out a grievance. And today, that is so much more common. And so um, I think the first thing I'd say to small business, medium SMEs 
is sort of don't assume, oh, well, it won't happen here because, you know, we're a small team and we all get on because it, it does. Um, and I think the first thing I would say to business owners is, is make sure you are educated in in what these boundaries are, what the law says. And there's there's lots of information online. You can, you know, educate yourself. You can have a, a training session or a coaching session just to outline some of the key things to be aware of. But the first thing is to to make sure that you are really understand you really understand the um you know what why this is important and, and what the boundaries are. Um, and then I think the next big thing that, that business owners can do is you can show by your own conversations, by your own behavior, mm. that you will take this seriously. And there's a couple of ways of doing that. One is don't join in yourself. So it's very tempting if there's a joke being told for, for you as the senior person to join in, because, again, mm. you want to be seen as part of the team. But I would say don't join in. Maybe you don't need to deal with it, you know, right there but I think you can just perhaps remove yourself and then afterwards you have a word with the person who made the the joke so you're showing by your own your role modeling really you know mm. you're the, this is how we want to deal with these things and then the other big thing to be really aware of is that if if you if somebody comes to you and says you know I'm really not happy with that joke that's always told about me or about somebody else um is to take it seriously. I, I've seen lots of cases where someone says that to their manager or the owner of the business. And again, they're told, well, you know, don't be oversensitive. It's just a joke. It was banter. And you then a bit, perhaps a bit further down the line, you see a complaint that comes in where somebody says, and I took it to the business owner and they ignored it. And then of course, mm -hmm. things become much more serious, much more quickly. So I think however you personally feel about what's being said or, or the behaviour, when the per when the employee who's not happy first comes to you, it's incredibly important for you to show, to say, right, we take this really seriously, let's go and discuss this, you know, let's go find, this needs to take precedence over whatever else you're dealing with at that point. Take them to a quiet area, side office, whatever, talk to them, ask them what you know they want to happen um and uh, commit to to speaking to the person if that's what they want or helping them speak to the person um or just to sort of you know maybe at our at the next team meeting we just say actually you know what I've been reflecting and you know maybe there's some things that happen here that you know nobody means to offend but I just think we need to think about so just find the right way you know of mm. dealing with it but take it show by your actions and by your own behavior that you take it seriously because people the reason people 20 years ago people wouldn't complain was because they thought they wouldn't be taken seriously and mm. they thought you know they would then have things that happen to them because they said actually I don't like this culture um and so where we are now is we need to show that we're open to speaking about these things that that it's a routine part of us working together in the same way we might discuss other things you know this is just something else in the workplace um and so by showing that um we take it seriously we will act on it that that we understand that that for this person it's serious as i say whatever internally we're feeling mm. about it um then i think though you know that really then says um okay we can resolve this you know at a very low level 
Um, because as you say, people call people like me in, organizations call people like me in when things have gone badly wrong. And and often I find it's because a certain amount of behavior has gone on. Um, the manager, for whatever reason, or the business owner thinks, oh, it's not really that serious, I'll ignore it. And then I always think it's a bit like with children, you know, then they ramp it up to the next stage, then they ramp it up to the next stage because nobody said this is not acceptable. Mm. And so I think um if you if you sort of can can deal with these things at a very early level, you know, very early stage at a low level, and make the point that that you know this isn't the culture you want, then immediately, you know, you would hope most things would would sort of finish at that level rather than blowing up into hmm. huge complaints. That's really helpful advice, and I think people forget that the power of role modeling, that the power of leading by example. Uh, and cultures are, are developed and shaped by the leaders at the top uh, doing things by example. You know, they, they put things in place and, and policies or ways of working, but actually living it and demonstrating it is more powerful than anything else. And I like the fact that, yeah, if there's something inappropriate, yeah, just to sort of back away or not join in uh, speaks volumes more than people, people realise, actually, more people are observing. Um, how do we then... So we, that sort of was sort of was leading by example and, and having that sort of sense of acting upon people complaining uh, seriously, taking it seriously. How do we then promote that uh, culture within the organisation that uh, will help people? Because I think people do need help, don't they? Because people mm-hmm. don't always realise. I think half the time they're having banter in the, I say, the pub on a Friday night and they don't realise, they should realise more now, but it's more about it. But actually what they're saying would perhaps upset people. So how do we... I suppose, educate them, promote this sort of culture of uh, non-discrimination? Yeah, and again, I think it needs to start at the top. Um, As you say, the power of role modelling is incredibly important. So I think the first thing that needs to happen is is that you need a statement from the senior team, the owner, the board, whoever it is, to say, um, you know, we've realised or we want to sort of focus on this whole area this year and we're going to be putting some things in place because that then says this is how we want the culture to be. I think you need effective policies and you need to make sure everybody knows where they are and what they are. So we need effective policies that outline for us, you know, this is what unacceptable behaviour is. This is how you make a complaint. These are the different stages. This is what will happen if you make a complaint. Um, then I think the key thing is is awareness training. And, um, you know, I often what I will do is, is perhaps work with the board or the senior team on, with a session because mm. there are lots of things that perhaps you would want to educate the senior team about, like amounts of compensation <laughs> that might be payable that maybe you wouldn't, you know, perhaps want to educate the staff about if you're advising the organization um so i think a, a session with the senior team and then and and the great thing now is you know where, where things have moved online you can easily do a one hour two hour awareness session online you know maybe group of 15 um and just go through some of the key points go through some of the things that aren't acceptable anymore mm go through, you know, what the organisation's stance is on this and where they go to complain. I always try and include something as well if I do those sort of sessions um, in 
you know, a strategy, a sort of structure to tell somebody their behaviour is inappropriate because often that's where people get stuck and they think, well, how do I actually raise this? How do I actually say, what do I do? And so we can sort of go through a structure that makes it easier for that, for them to do that. Um, and then the key thing is to do all the other things that we've talked about, like role modelling, and then monitor what goes on. Mm. And, you know, make sure that the next time an inappropriate joke is told that, that we do deal with it in the right way. Um, if somebody is is you know saying well actually I'm not gonna I don't agree with any of this it's my free speech then we're going to have to look at formal action you know and carry that through because mm. what having put all those things in place it's important to then show that yeah we've put all this in place but but we're serious about this we're carrying it through we're not just ignoring it we're not just doing it you know because mm. it's good to have something around inclusivity at this point sort of thing for our business so um yeah so i think those those are the ways that that we can take it forward and make sure it really changes things and and yeah people are comfortable okay and we've, we've focused a little bit on banter which it seems to be the sort of highest sort of complaints that you're getting in terms of your work uh, what would be the sort of next in line in terms of issues in discrimination um sort of investigations you get involved in Oh right. Um, I think the next, the next probably. Interestingly, um, I wouldn't say that physical harassment. Fortunately, doesn't. I would say happen very often now. Um, so I would say the next things that I get, the next sort of, if you like, next level down would be probably more termed to be bullying at work. So it mm. would be setting people up to fail, um, overloading them, and that I think is something that. Um, organizations really need to be aware of with remote teams because you have much less contact and it, and I think it's mm. much easier for people to think I can't say that I've got too much work or you know I do need to answer that email that's just arrived at 10, 10 o'clock at night and all those sorts of things so um, it would tend to be more around perhaps a manager feeling insecure and so their behavior is is bullying as I say is is perhaps overloading perhaps sending you know, horrible shouty emails with capitals and exclamation marks and all the rest of it. Um, perhaps micromanaging. So again, I'm thinking about remote teams, you know, ringing people every hour to see what they're doing and, you know, mm. sort of thing. Or if it's in the office, people are in the office constantly coming in and saying, well, what's happening with that? You know, when perhaps they've only been asked to do that an hour ago or whatever. So I think that's where I would say the next yeah, the next level is is probably around um, what what we term to be bullying at work rather than banter. Because bullying, again, it's not the obvious playground bullying. You know, bully comes along, mm. hits you, gets your sweets off you. It's quite subtle, isn't it? And mm. and I think it's another one where I think perhaps people don't always realise that perhaps they're being bullied, uh, either they've been left out of, a, of, a, of an email thread or they've been left out of a conversation. Or perhaps they've even been ignored in a meeting, sort of quite subtly. That's a form of, sort of bullying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I remember back, oh, many years ago now, I got asked to investigate a case, and one of the complaints was that some that the manager didn't make this person a cup of tea. And when you when you get that, you know, it comes through to you, and you think, how can you know that sounds a bit trivial, frankly? But you then start investigating, looking into it, and you realise that that actually what was happening was this manager was making a really big point of making everybody else a cup of tea and not that particular person. Wow. And it's a very subtle form of bullying. Mm. Um, you know, they could just say, oh, I forgot, 
you know, but it became, as, as you questioned other people as well, it became really obvious that that was happening. Um, and and was, it, was, was there other things involved apart from this, the, the lack of yes. tea making? Yes, there were all the things you've mentioned, like not being invited to meetings, being left out of email threads, you know, being um, excluded, um, meetings happening on days. So that person was part time. So um, their team meetings would be arranged on a day they weren't in. Um, and then, you know, and then, of course, the next day the manager would say, oh, well, of course, you couldn't come to that, could you, because you're part time, you know, so. It, it's so all very subtle forms of, of bullying. Um, occasionally, you still get cases of people shouting in the office, you know, people sort of, um, yeah, you know, sort of feeling intimidated or threatened. But it would, again, a bit like with the banter, I would say it tends to be more the subtle forms of bullying. Mm. Um, and usually, in my experience with bullying, goes back to um the fact that that manager is feeling really insecure and you know really not in control and perhaps lacks confidence themselves and often you can you know work with the manager uh perhaps after all the complaints been made and it's all been dealt with to to help them address you know sort of perhaps some of the issues that the complaint has brought to light that, that perhaps they have yes because i think bullying is generally out of insecurity isn't it or uh, they're feeling out of control and perhaps they're even being bullied themselves from their own bosses above from them. It tends to sort of roll down. I always try and, it's interesting, I take the words diversity, inclusion and belonging and I try to, I saw a definition which I found really helpful. Diversity is all about having a seat at the table. So you're, you've got the various people you, you should have there. Inclusion is having a voice at the table and then belonging is having a voice that's being heard. And I think it, it sums it up quite nicely because it's all very well. We, oh, we've got the you know the ethnic minorities, we've got the women, but if you're ignoring people, then they're not feeling belong, belonging to the organisation, and therefore well, you're discriminating and ultimately bullying. Um, I really thank you for your advice, though, Linda. Uh, really helpful, uh, insightful, and um, important to do me more preventative. And I'm sure people would. Uh, welcome your services so if people want to get in touch with you perhaps if this has raised a little bit of a an issue in their business right now or, or a thing they perhaps not thought of perhaps on the banter side of things it was felt that was a little bit subtle and didn't realize that um, um how can they get in touch with you what's the best way of doing that yeah the best way is probably on the website so which is um obviously www.erclimited erclimited.co.uk um all the contact details are, are on there so that's probably i'm guessing or of course on linkedin um so um yeah easily find me on linkedin i would think as well so either of those excellent well, well thank you for your time today and i know your website's got lots of blogs on these sort of stuff as well which is really helpful uh, people to, to read uh so, but thank you for your time today thank you if you like this episode then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.